tavern. Sit down. Have a rest. Have a drink. And listen. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Magic Tavern. My name's Giuliano. I'm Siggy. And yeah, as you may have noticed, we changed our schedule a little bit. Uh, yeah, we're not doing regular podcasts on uh, Wednesday anymore. We uh, decided that it would be better for us to uh, do podcasts when there are things to talk about. So um, Yeah, so we don't have to put fillers or something like that in it or just uh, rant about, I don't know, wizards. <laughs> yeah design choices which uh, we're gonna I, do anyways we, we will do it anyways <laughs> but at the right time yeah that's true yeah so um on cat the spoilers have begun and well i'm not impressed uh yeah not impressed is quite uh how should i say quite gentle i i don't like it at all i'm not a fan I'm just disappointed by the sheer design of it. So, just to be uh, to, to be um, to talk about common things is it's boring. The design yeah. of the cards is boring. I really don't want to draft it. Yeah, me that. neither. Like in some way, a lot of the cards that we've seen so far feel like cards that would be put into the set just to fulfill a specific purpose rather than say for design or for flavor reasons like um take for instance what's it called the uh, combat uh, combat celebrant or celebrant i don't know the guy who gives you uh extra attack steps oh yeah like we get one of those cards in basically every set now and this is just the newest version. It's not really interesting. Yeah, and uh, besides that, ex uh, Exert? Exert? Yeah, Exert oh, yeah. is not that interesting. It's not that powerful. It yeah. could be powerful if the effect would be more powerful because you're tapped out with that creature for an entire turn. Mm -hmm. You can't crew, you can't tap it from mana or something like that. They're just plain tapped out you can use the legendary artifact um that uh, pings your opponent for every uh creature that, that oh, is tapped yeah. but no yeah that's Just no it's not amazing no so um yeah don't forget we are talking about standard and specifically standard in an in an uh in a competitive way yeah so um it might be a cool card but in competitive it's just Useless. Useless, yeah. Yeah, and, like, one thing that I really have an issue with in this set is... So, in terms of, like, flavor potential, an Egyptian set is something that could be quite cool. But in I really don't like the way in which they, like, took those ideas and made them into cards. Like, the... Uh, flavor in terms of design is terrible i think the mechanics like look bad and uninteresting and bland yeah so the flavor is nice if you if you look at the flavor text of some cards it's really nice 
and you see something is gonna happen. Yeah. And it is as foretold. <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you can see that really something will happen, and shit is going to be to go down. So, if Nicole Bolas shows up, and he will show up, mm-hmm. oh, everything will tremble. Yeah. But yeah, we don't feel it. In the cards. Yeah, the artwork is amazing. As you said, the flavor text is good, but the cards themselves yeah. are really uninteresting. Yeah, and if you look at specific cards, like the invocations. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we could rant about half an hour now about the invocations. <laughs> we could keep it at like five minutes. Um, they suck at design. I don't like them. When I saw them first, I thought that was a joke. Yeah, because it was, was like just the day a bad... before uh, April 1st when they were spoiled. Yeah, just a bad joke. And yeah. still, they are a bad joke. I mean, they maybe they look amazing when they uh, uh, have all the glitter and the foily stuff and all that. But no, <laughs> they just don't look good. I think it's just really sad how they wasted... That amazing artwork, like there's, I don't think there's a single invocation that I dislike in terms of artwork. Those are all fantastic, but the border, the frame, and especially the font they chose for those cards are absolutely hideous. Jesus. If you look, I mean, when I saw that, I, I thought, all right, you can't read it, so... Nice. Then I looked further, looked further, and then I saw, oh, you can read them, but it's just <laughs> garbage. <laughs> so why not keep it like um, Elish Norn, the promo, yeah. and make it unreadable? Elish Norn was written in Phyrexian. Nobody yeah. can read Phyrexian. Like, but it's like, I mean, everybody who gets a force of will knows what a force of will can do and if you don't you look it up yeah so maybe it could be that some some uh someone new opens them and they're just like what's this <laughs> is, is this is this a joke card well i throw it away please don't throw them away <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're probably still gonna sell for uh quite a lot of money especially force of will yeah so in that aspect i can understand why they are some kind of readable but uh, they are these are special cards they should be special i mean they're certainly special but not in the way that people would like them to be special those are special in like the worst possible way <laughs> yes and uh, i they just look so terrible. And I mean, they could have just, like, written the names and the card text or whatever in, I don't know, anything foreign. Just not this absolutely hideous, almost illegible font. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe we could look at um, some reprints. So, um, obviously, we have the five or four gods. Four gods should be. Five. Five? Yeah. Are there five? Okay. One god per color. 
Oh yeah, okay, right. Um, we have the five gods in uh, in the invocations, and well, we have the force of will, uh, pact of negation, chain lightning, all the nice stuff. We have a new counter spell, and the artwork for the counter spell is beautiful. Oh yeah, definitely. And this is this is a point that I also read on uh, I think uh, some some Reddit or uh, that some kind of that. Um, that the frame just blocks the artwork. Yeah, exactly. So these people put a lot of effort into drawing them and make them beautiful mm -hmm. and special and unique. And then you put a ugly frame around it and yeah. it's all ruined. Yeah. Yeah, much. that's that's really sad. I uh I mean one thing we probably should appreciate is that wizards are trying to like are willing to experiment like that. Unfortunately, this particular experiment has uh failed. Yep. <clears throat> let's I'd say let's stop with the invocations here. Uh we're obviously not really fans of them. Let's uh get back to the actual set and see what they've done there. Well, we can begin with two planeswalkers. Um, till now, there are two planeswalkers uh, spoiled. I think if they keep with the schedule, there should be two more in this set. Mm -hmm. Well, in the uh, previous sets, there were uh, were always first set four planeswalkers, second set two. Yeah. Well, maybe they keep uh, keep it with that. But um, just begin. We have Liliana, Death's Majesty. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> five mana, two of which are black. Uh, she enters with five loyalty, which, uh, to be fair, is quite a lot. Her plus one creates a two-two black zombie creature token and puts the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Her minus three effect returns target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. And that is relevant because her ultimate says, Minus seven, destroy all non-zombie creatures. So, um, yeah. Liliana is at five mana again. Um, her plus one is okay. But yeah. you have to... Yeah, I see you're oh, pretty yeah. bored about that. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's... It's just bland again. She's a decent card. Yeah. But, like, plus one, protect herself. Yeah. Minus three, get some kind of card advantage. In this case, reanimation. And her ultimate is a thing. But this formula of beefy planeswalkers, because let's be honest, like, five loyalty is a lot. Even at five mana. And this formula of beefy planeswalkers with protection on their plus ability and significant card advantage on the minus ability is i don't know i'm generic yeah it's generic uninteresting yep. worn out yeah and the uh, ultimate to be honest it's a five mana planeswalker i want a strong devastating ultimate if i play against uh, i don't know uh, Timur Tower, this ultimate is useless. Yeah. There are no creatures to to be targeted. Yeah, basically. So 
why should I build her? So she's useless in that case. Well, we have a strong uh, creature-based um, meta at the moment. Yes. But five mana is just too slow. You're dead before you can ult her. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, she'll probably do well in, like, I don't know, some kind of green-black mid-range-ish build, but, uh, yeah, it's boring. It's not interesting at all. Let's yeah. uh, instead look at a Planeswalker that, to be honest, is a lot more interesting, but is also um, more of a problem, possibly. Yeah, again, a problem, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the second Planeswalker spoiled is Gideon. Um, Gideon of the Trials. Is, Gideon is now at three mana, two of which are white, enters with three loyalty counters. So we know the problems with three CMC Planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah. They tend to be pretty strong because they enter so early. Mm -hmm. It's a problem if you put even more powerful uh, abilities on him. Yeah. And I mean... Classically or historically speaking, typical Gideon abilities are things like making tokens, damage prevention, or himself becoming a strong, overpowered, indestructible creature. Now, let's see what this one does. Plus one. Until your next turn, prevent all damage target permanent would deal. Well, we know that. So we, we recognize it from somewhere. Yep. Like old Gideons. Yeah, All exactly. Right. The next ability is a zero. Yeah. Until end of turn, Gideon of the Trials becomes a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible, that's still a planeswalker, prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. So this is... I would say this is okay. It's okay to put a I'm a creature now ability on Gideon because it's just Gideon. And yep. it's pretty fair, to be honest, at, at this point. He's a 3 CMC walker. He gets nothing from it. So he stays at 3 and gets a 4-4. Four, four. So, and he can't attack in the, on the first turn he entered. So yeah, it's okay. You, you still can crew on turn, uh, turn 3 Heart uh, of Kieran with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is really bad. So, um, yep. But his ultimate. This... It's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get an emblem with... As long as you control a Gideon Planeswalker, you can't lose the game. And your opponents can't win the game. Ziggy, at which point can we ult Gideon? Uh, well, when he enters the battlefield. Oh, yeah. His ult is at zero. Yep. <clears throat> Pardon my language, but what the actual fuck? It's... Mm, I don't like it at all. There is so much wrong with this. Just by itself. And even more so, if we look at current standard. Like, the best card in standard, now that uh, Smuggler's Copter and Emrakul are banned, is... 
probably easily Gideon, ally of Zendikar. Yeah, it, it is. He is just busted. And yeah. if you look at this card, you play him turn three, you ult him, he's, st he's still there even then. And even if you bolt him to death with shocks and anything like that, you can play it, uh, him again. So you can't uh, can't lose. Yep. You can't you can play Gideon Ally of Zendikar, which is even more bad. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I play Mardu Ballista. I know <coughs> how uh, how strong Gideon Ally of Zendikar is. You destroy him, and I have two more in my hand. Yeah, like let me put it this way. When you played Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, in recent standard, you uh, have a very good chance of not losing or winning the game. It's quite probable, simply because he is so strong. When you play Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, in standard, after Armon Ket, you literally can't lose anymore. Exactly. And this is a real problem. If you see, look at this, even if you're in the mid game or late game and you play Gideon of the Trials, ult him instantly because you know my opponent can shock me to death. And as long as Gideon remains on the field, he can't do anything. Yep. And if you're in the late game or mid or late game, you could probably have a good card advantage and yeah, you can protect him. Uh, protect him very well so oh jesus i think that this card quite uh obviously shows that armon cat was not designed to be played with uh battle for zendikar in one standard format oh yeah the, the first plans were that um when Amon cat releases zendikar leaves the field yep um yeah exactly zendikar only zendikar wasn't it Zendikar and Shadows of Renistrad? Was it? I think so. I'm not sure, but the important thing is that Gideon of the Trials and Gideon Alloy of Zendikar would not have been in the same standard format in uh, like the heads of the wizard's designers. This was supposed to be the only standard legal Gideon at the, uh, at the time. Yeah. However, we're now going to have six months. So, until... Uh, the block after Armon Ket releases of both the best card in standard and a card that makes it literally impossible to lose when you're playing the best card in standard. Oh boy, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be bad. Yeah, that's basically what I meant by interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we could, we could really rant a lot more about this but, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't really fault Wizards too much, considering that they thought the two weren't going to be together for most of the time. But even if we take that away, I think that while the ultimate does become much more balanced, it's still like a bit of a stupid move. If we look back at other Planeswalkers their ultimates also kind of say you win the game. But they don't just say that, or they don't say you can't lose the game anymore. They do other stuff, like uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor exiles your opponent's library and removes their hand. And that kind of stuff 
is interesting, flavorful, and creative in a way, regardless of like how good or bad it is. And in this case, it's just okay. I guess I'm uh, not gonna lose the game now. I mean, if you look back at Liliana, Death's Majesty, this uh, the, uh, her abilities could be from a she could be a dual deck planeswalker. Yeah. So it's 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 that boring to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, and even that, Gideon. Oh Jesus. <sighs> I'm really upset now. <laughs> the more the more we talk, the more I get upset about that. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> oh man, I, I should really feel bad playing Gideon, but as as you said in the last podcast, no, why not playing the best card yeah, exactly. if there is one? Like the the obvious and even morally obvious choice is to play the best card when it's available to you. So yeah, in that in that point, I'm not guilty. But um, look, if they are gonna, if they see, okay, this is just bland, stupid, we ban Gideon, ally of Zendikar. I'm going to buy a ticket. Where, where's where's the um, HQ of Wizard in Seattle, Washington? Yeah, I'm going to buy a ticket to Seattle, Washington, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah. Wizard. Wizards. <laughs> personally. He's coming for you. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, I know that it could be a thing if they see that this is just too stupid and too strong. Mm -hmm. And they should really do it, to be honest. But I would be really salty about that. Yeah. We have to see how it goes. I don't think they're gonna do, like, an emergency upon release ban or anything. But there is a chance they might ban Gideon Ally of Zendikar after the Pro Tour. If uh, that does indeed turn out to be a bit of an uh, oppressive strategy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But there are more than just these two planeswalkers. So, um, more things to complain about. Oh yeah, more things to complain about. The gods. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the next. Just we we have the first god just in between of Gideon and Liliana, and he's awful. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I I I'll can just... I can feel your heart bleed. <sighs> the blue god is total crap. Yes, Kefnet the Mindful, three mana, one of which is blue for a five-five, flying indestructible. Kefnet the Mindful can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. Fair enough, I suppose. Uh, gods don't do much attacking or blocking, historically speaking, unless some conditions are met. In this case, it's having a bunch of cards. Now, uh, the activated ability, four mana, one of which is blue, draw a card. Then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. <sighs> First of all, I did not want these gods to be monocolored, not at all. Yeah, yeah, we 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 are gonna uh, we were looking forward to that they would be 
Grixis and mm -hmm. Teamer and whatever. But nope. Nope. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Um that is the first thing I am severely disappointed about. The second thing I'm disappointed about is how in the hell are do these things feel like gods or mighty existences that people would devote their lives to? Well, the blue one obviously not. Because I it's, I don't want to spend four mana to draw a card, then return a land to my hand, just so that I could have maybe seven cards in my hand so that I can attack with a five five flying. What? Yeah. What? I feel like that for the design of these cards they should have at least like kind of kept commander in the back of their minds because commander players everywhere are always looking for like new toys to play with even in standard legal sets and let's be honest here most of the legends in recent standard sets have been really unexciting like ever since basically uh battle for zendikar we didn't really get anything good yep because um what did we get? Like, most of the legends, especially in, like, Kaladesh block, were basically, all right, uh, this is a set mechanic, it fits in those colors, let's make, like, a creature with, I don't know, decent stats, I suppose. All right, here's your legend. Done. Yeah, there were, in Kaladesh, there was one legend that you can make a commander deck, but it's just... Absolutely, kitchen table. And Do you mean the parlor? Yeah. Oh. Because it could be funny to build a vehicle yeah. dwarf deck, but that's it. And oh yeah, we we got one in shadows that it's pretty good. Um, Gitrock. Gitrock was the exception. Yeah. Gitrock uh, made f makes for an interesting and quite competitive deck. That's true. But, but outside yeah. of Gitrock. Uh, I mean, they promised the players a werewolf legend. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes, exactly that. It was just terrible. What the actual... That thing fuck? was a joke. An absolute joke. I don't even want to mention its name. And that's not because I forgot it, I promise. <laughs> I forgot it. <laughs> it's uh, Ulrich of the Kralen Oh yeah, yeah. Right. It sucks. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's the blue god. It's uh, terrible. It's it's probably not going to be too bad in like limited and maybe standard, but I honestly have higher expectations of a god card. Yes. So um, let's look at the red god. Hazaret the fervent, four mana, one of which is red, for a five four indestructible haste. Uh, Hazaret the Fervent can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. So it's basically the exact opposite of the blue one. Yeah, and in that case, more playable than the blue one because it's... I suppose. Yeah, red is just, uh, yeah, I'm gonna smash all of my hand into your face and then you drop that and you just go, look... 5-4, Haste Indestructible, what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. It's more playable, maybe not that playable. I mean, 
it's a decent card. But the design again is well yeah. boring. It is. It it's really boring. And I mean it's got an activated ability of three mana, one of which is red, and discard a card to a deal two damage to each opponent. Now I could see this being a rather good uh curve topper in like a mono red aggro deck. But that deck will need some form of support from the set if it really wants to be viable. And there is not at the moment. So how many cards are spoiled? Oh, that's you a good question. Up. 115 from from 269? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there are like 100 missing, but most of them are commons. So... We yeah. will get <clears throat> like ten or fifteen more cards that should be good, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, oh. Do we have another god or uh, uh, these no. just? Oh yeah, this, just those two. Just those two. It's not great. Oh, alongside the gods, of course. Uh, for flavor reasons, we've got trials for each god, and oh, yeah. we've got the cartouches. <laughs> So, <clears throat> to begin with, when the set was spoiled, they um, hyped us with the Trial of the Five Gods. So, yeah. <laughs> we got to mention that there will be gods. Awesome. New yep. gods. Yes. Then really awesome. we got Trials. So, there should be something interesting about the gods. Yeah. Um, there is not, actually. <laughs> the Trials themselves are generic enchantments nothing legendary um each of them is just below curve to be honest they're just stupid they're all uncommon so um we can look at all five of them sure um trial of solidarity three mana one of uh, the white one one white um when it enters the battlefield creatures you control get plus two plus one and gain gain vigilance until end of turn for three mana, this is bad. The second yeah. effect is when a cartouche enters the battlefield under your control, return Trial of Solidarity to its owner's hand. Um, so you can do it again. So well, you can do it again. But why should I want to do this again? I don't know. I'd say uh, let's look at the cartouche at the same time. Oh, now, yeah. The uh, cartouche of Solidarity is one white mana to enchant a creature you control. Uh, it creates a white 1-1 one, one warrior creature token with vigilance when it enters. And the enchanted creature gains plus 1, plus 1, and first strike. Now, for limited, that's actually a decent rate. It is. <coughs> it's uh, if you, Well, if you look at the trials, the trials are good for limited. Yeah, If you definitely. get them with the cartouche. But we are looking at standard at a competitive way. And they're just crap. Yeah. And flavor-wise, they're also crap. Because if I go to a trial of a, of a god, I want to be tested. Mm-hmm. And I want I, I want the god to judge me. Maybe, maybe the <clears throat> test in all of these is wizards testing us how much we will uh, how much we are willing to put up with uh, mediocre cards. Well, I can say I'm going to fail badly if this is if it's 
going on further. Mm-hmm. It's it's not cool. Yeah. So the uh, second trial, trial of knowledge. When trial of knowledge enters the battlefield, draw three cards, then discard a card. Oh, it costs uh, four mana as well. When a cartouche enters the battlefield under your control, you bounce it. That's basically what all of them do. Yeah, so basically we get a bad effect. Uh, well, not a bad effect, but bad cost. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. not efficient, efficient. And we can do it again. Okay. How about no? Well, we do, again, it's it's probably quite good and limited, but that's about it. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, what, what does the blue cartouche do? Costs two mana, because uh, that makes sense. Enchant creature you control, when cartouche of knowledge enters the battlefield, you draw a card, and the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has flying. So again, limited, this is good. Yeah. This, this is pretty good. If you get for two mana to draw a card and make a creature stronger, and flying and limited is pretty bad for the opponent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, I would say just we keep on going before we fall asleep. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Um, so uh, this one is actually not too bad. The uh, trial of ambition. It's a uh, two mana, one of which is black. When Trial of Ambition ETBs, target opponent sacrifices a creature. That's decent, but, well, not yeah. playable in a competitive way. Uh, um, I'm not but... sure. Like, we've seen... Uh, like, Oath of Liliana has been played in a couple of decks, for instance. And this is cheaper than Oath of Liliana. By one mana. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you can do it again. If you really need to, but the cartouche is horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but wait. So, it doesn't need to be the same cartouche. I just realized that. It's any cartouche. So? So, for instance, you can play black and blue, use the Trial of Ambition... Then play Cartouche of Knowledge to get Trial of Ambition back into your hand. Well, that's... Yeah, that could be pretty good. Or the white one, because it costs only one white. Or the mm-hmm. red one, because it costs only one red. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just the next one. Uh, or did we, did we forgot the... Oh, yeah, the black Cartouche. The cartouche. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, those are not particularly interesting, unfortunately. Um, Cartouche of Ambition 3 mana, one of which is black when Cartouche of Ambition ETBs, you may put a minus 1, minus 1 counter on target creature and the enchanted creature gets plus 1, plus 1 and has lifelink so yeah, uh, the minus 1, minus 1 counters are a mechanic in um, Ammon Cat mm-hmm. in the set, so it's pretty, inter- pretty interesting but um, yeah, 3 mana for that just no. Mm-hmm. Trial of Zeal uh, costs three mana, one of which is red. When it ETBs, it deals three damage to target creature or player, and it also has the bounce effect. I'm just going to stop mentioning that. Yeah. Um, so pretty much bold for three 
Uh, wow. No. Sorcery speed. <laughs> Sorcery speed. No. Um, yeah. The Cartouche of Seal costs one mana. Um, again, enchant creature you control. When the Cartouche enters the battlefield, target creature can't block this turn. And enchant creature gets plus one, plus one, and has haste. Um, again, pretty decent uh, Pretty decent in um, limited. Mm-hmm. Maybe playable in an aggressive uh, standard deck. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Trial of Strength. Now, three mana. Uh, when it ETBs, you get a 4-2 green beast creature token. And the cartouche is also three mana. When it ETBs, you may have the enchanted creature fight target creature and opponent controls. And the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample. Uh, yeah. How much costs, uh, d- does um, Prey Upon cost? I think one? Yeah, just one mana. So you get a Prey Upon <coughs> for three, make your creature a little bit stronger, and you can bounce your trial. Uh, no. Not I'm really. not a fan. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That I think, wa- that, yeah. I think all in all we can basically say these are decent limited cards. Flavor-wise, they are quite uninteresting. In terms of mechanics, they kind of play nicely together because you can do like the bounce thing and get a bunch of card advantage from that. But uh, I don't like it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So um, what do we have next? Next up, we've got some uh, potentially more interesting cards and more playable ones. Oh, yeah. um, We... Ranted about um, how much are we in? Like uh, forty minutes. Yeah, so <laughs> we complained about forty minutes, so we can uh, just go to something more pleasurable, pleasurable, pleasant. pleasant. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, like good cards. <laughs> there are good cards in this set. Yeah, certainly. Most of them are green again. So we yeah <laughs> we could complain again about that, but we're just gonna <laughs> stop right here. And, um, yeah, it was also one of the first spoilers. Oh, yeah, right. Um, the Prowling Serpo part. So, before you laugh, <laughs> um, it is actually a thing yeah. in Egyptian uh, history and mythology. mythology yeah. 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 Uh, like, uh, they, they like to uh, basically take two creatures and fuse them together. Yeah, so we got a uh, snake leopard. Because that makes sense. It's absolutely makes absolutely sense. Oh, cat tribal. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could, you that can works. play in limited or even sealed. You can play a cat tribal. Kind of, yeah. There yeah. are cat synergies in this set, and this is just really funny because cats are sacred in Egyptian mythology. Yeah, and this is really pretty funny. But yeah, um, the card. Prowling Serpopod. One and two green. Four, three. Prowling Serpopod can't be counted. Creature spells you control can't be counted. So to begin with, um, yeah, typically green above curve. Three mana for a four, three. Doesn't matter that it costs two green. And yeah, so then we got an uncountable creature mm-hmm. and your creatures can't be counted. Yup. 
What? Uh, this is ridiculous. It's it's good. It's really it's, good. It's really good. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> the one thing I'm glad about is that it doesn't protect Gideon. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because that would be stupid. Oh, my God. However, I think there is a reason for this card's existence in the set. And that is a reprint that we're getting. Namely, Essence Scatter. Yeah. Basically, two mana, one blue, instant, counter target creature spell. Yeah. It's a decent counter spell, especially for standard where everyone plays creatures. So... Yeah, I'm kind of glad to see that one again. Yeah, so um, the next card is maybe not that interesting for standard, but is pretty powerful for, like, commander. Yeah. And maybe modern? We have Definitely to see. Definitely modern. Um, yeah, as foretold, uh, that was the joke at the beginning, um, <laughs> three mana enchantment, it's mythic, um, and there's a reason because it's uh, why it's mythic. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a time counter on as foretold. Once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with converted mana cost X or less, where X is the number of time counters on as foretold. So you can cast more and more things for free. Yeah, and... The cool thing is, it's not just in your turn, it's once each turn. So, when you're playing against one person, you can cast, like, two free things in a turn cycle. Also, it's X or less and not equal to X, which makes it quite a bit better. It makes it, yeah, pretty much better. Uh, X or less means that it doesn't matter what you draw, you can cast it yep. uh, at some point. So, And the most amazing thing about this card is that the, uh, like, pay something rather than pay the mana cost. So the alternative cost of this card actually makes it possible for you to cast cards like uh, Ancestral Vision for free. Or, like, it makes it possible for you to cast them immediately. Living End, Restore Balance, Ancestral Vision, that kind of stuff. Because normally you can't cast these cards. But now that you're paying an alternative cost, it's possible. And suddenly all of these, like, suspend cards are incredible. Not only that, um, they also changed the rulings on split cards um, regarding the CMC of them. Oh, yeah. So they just said, okay, guys, listen up. The CMC of a split card is the combined CMC of the whole card. Yes. So, um, well, for that, uh, for this card, it's not, yeah, pretty much that interesting because a spell is still a spell, so you can still only play one spell. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, can you? You can't play both with a split card. Or I could you think so? Yeah. Once you turn, you I, may I, pay zero just... rather than pay mana cost for a mm. spell you cast. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure about that. I'll have to look it up. But uh, you're definitely going to have to wait longer. For instance, uh, if you had, say, wear and tear, then you could have casted, uh, casted that for one mana, 
since I think where is one mana and tear is two, which you now obviously can't do anymore. You'd have to wait until three to uh, cast that card for free. Oh, okay. No, I understand the rulings. Pretty complicated. Yeah, it it actually was complicated. Like, um, for instance, Dark Confidant, where you reveal uh, during your upkeep and you lose life equal to the CMC. That counted both parts of the card. So wear and tear would have been CMC 3. Counterbalance from, like, uh, Legacy Miracles would count both parts of the card separately. So if you had wear and tear, you could counter a spell with CMC 1 or a spell with CMC 2. Goblin Dark Dwellers with the uh, flashback ability of CMC 3 or less. Uh, only had to work for one part of the card. For instance, you could take a boom and bust, and uh, it would be possible to flashback bust to destroy all lands, despite its CMC of, I don't know, 5 or 7 or something, because boom was CMC 3. Yeah, that was stupid. It It is a bit... Not a bit, it's really unintuitive. This makes much more sense, but I am a bit sad that it doesn't work like that anymore, because that was, like, kind of a fun thing you could do and abuse. Mostly abuse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as foretold, not for standard, but Mm -hmm. for other things. It looks fun. Yeah. So um, we could take a look at um, hate cards. Oh, yeah. Especially what we will need for this set is graveyard hate definitely um and a lot of it and we until now we have only one and it is kalitas mm-hmm. and you can't really play m- no not really main deck it's more like of a sideboard card a pretty expensive one mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah and it's it only targets um creatures and it only targets creatures when they leave the battlefield. Yep. So um, not that powerful. Now we have Scarab Feast. One black mana for an instant. Exile up to three target cards from a single graveyard. This is nice. You can target Scrappy Scroungers. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, well, I don't know other things. But uh, mostly Scrappy Scroungers. Yeah, you and can take somebody off Delirium, for instance. Oh yeah, sure. And um, even then, if you don't need Scarab Feast, you can cycle it for one black. Yeah. And this is pretty good, I would say. I definitely like the flexibility on it, and I appreciate that you yourself can choose what to get rid of. Because there's another card that's also supposed to work as Graveyard Hate, but is uh, different. Namely, Watchers of the Dead. 2 mana 2-2, two, two, Exile Watchers of the Dead. Each opponent chooses two cards in his or her graveyard and exiles the rest. It's, it sounds good, but think about it. If you play, uh, play against a Priced Amalgam deck, they just choose their two Priced Amalgams and they just keep going on with, uh, with mm-hmm. returning them. So, well, not that good. No, I think it's horrible. Like, it doesn't even take people off Delirium reliably. Because 
for instance, if you keep a Scrap Heap Scrounger and one of the new uh, Aftermath cards, that's oh, yeah. four uh, card types. Like, if the Aftermath is instant and sorcery or something like that. So yeah, uh, Watchers of the Dead, not a fan at all. Scarab Feast, kind of good. I can definitely see myself playing it in, like, a sideboard. Maybe even a copy or two main deck if there are too many graveyard strategies running around. Yeah. Um, but we have to see. Yeah. One thing I also really like is that it's instant. For instance, if your uh, opponent tries to cast, I don't know, Ishkana, because they have Delirium now, you can respond by casting Scarab Feast to take them off Delirium. Yeah, something like that. Um, what do we have next? Oh yeah, um, again, some good cards. Um, again, green. Channeler Initiate. Uh, two mana, one green, a human druid. 3-4, um, but yeah, there's kind of a drawback a little bit. When Channel Initiate enters the battlefield, put 3-1-1 minus one, minus one counters on target creature you control. So you could put them on something else and keep her at 3-4, but the second ability, yeah, it's tap her, move a 1-1-1 minus one, minus one counter from Channel Initiate, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's a pretty good mana dog. Yeah, it's an alright mana dog, and uh, a like historical problem with mana dogs has been that after they've done their duty as ramp spells, they're basically useless. They're like zero ones, one ones, zero twos, that kind of stuff. Now, this guy this makes girl. you mana and grows at the same time. At the start, he's a like small creature that makes you mana and at the end the channel initiate is a 3-4 that you can use to uh, smash people's faces yep but uh, keep in mind she's a target for fatal push oh yeah that's with fair two CMC, which is which is okay I would say um, I can't see why they don't uh, didn't put her at 3 so mm-hmm. that she can easily be targeted like um, for fatal push yeah also Mana dogs at 3 CMC would be a bit terrible, I think. Yeah, also that. Um, so we got uh, Artifact Hate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and a better one than we uh, got until now, mm-hmm. which was uh, Appetite for the Unnatural. Ugh. Ugh. Um, the new one isn't that uh, great, but it's something. Um, the, oh. How do you spell that? It's Dissenter's Deliverance. For a two-mana, one of which is green, you can destroy target artifact. It's also got Cycling for green. Yeah, it's it's decent for standard right now. Yeah. It's okay. You can do that. What I do like about this is that we've seen several people main deck uh, artifact hate lately. And... This is much more main deckable than, say, Fragmentize or uh, uh, something obsolescence. The one that shuffles it back in. Uh, I forgot it, but yeah, I know what you mean. Because if, you, if you're not in a matchup where you need it, you can just cycle it away. 
Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of cycling, one thing we should probably mention right here, the uh, new cycle of dual lands. Oh, yeah. almost forgot that. Um, they're pretty interesting. Yeah. These are... Oh, there's um, a little theory that I have. Um, so we can maybe um, go to the bicycle lands, how they are called. Um, just go there. Oh, you <laughs> actually want me to go there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, these are in... Um, are these allied, color, allied colors? Yes. Yes. So we got allied colors, um, dual lands that are um, got the land types in the text so the they are really swamp and mountains mm -hmm. for example which is really nice so we got new fetchable lands um but they uh, always enter the battlefield tapped yeah you can cycle them for two so discard this and draw a card um well they seem pretty bad but um you have to think about it we this could be a hint that we are going to get fetches again so maybe in house of devastation maybe in the set uh, in the block after that because if zendikar and shadows goes away we don't have the uh what are they battle called lands. battlelands and uh, anymore so if you fetch for well, Canyon Slaw, for example, the Swamp Mountain, um, yeah, they enter tapped. Mm. So you, yeah. yeah, you kind of make them a little bit weaker or more balanced. So you can't play five color, five color good stuff. Yep. So you have to decide: Do I really need this double land, or do I just pick up a normal basic land, and yeah, have yeah, her untapped land? So it could be. A hint in my theory, possibly, yeah. And it would be nice to have again new patches. Definitely, I wouldn't be against it. Certainly, but yeah, that those are the uh, cycling dual lands. There's not really much more to say about them for now. I do hope that this might hint at standard slowing down a bit overall, getting maybe more controlly. Who knows? We'll uh, have to see. Yeah. So um. Where did we stop? Next up is Drakehaven. A uh, three-mana enchantment in blue. Whenever you cycle or discard a card... Which is the same. Yes. <laughs> so why why write it on the card? Well, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, I can see people confusing it, and so could they, obviously. But... Theoretically, it's the same, yeah. Yeah. When you do that, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, create a 2-2 blue drake creature token with flying. This is pretty decent. Yeah, that's it's quite alright, yeah. Like, you can make a lot of drakes with this. While either while like discarding to maybe get hellbent for your uh, red god to come online, or uh, just when you cycle stuff to uh, filter through your hand while you're maybe playing control or something. Certainly not a bad card at all. 
Yeah, and three CMC is okay. Yeah. Oh, this one I think you found quite interesting. Yeah, it's not only interesting. I think it's really strong and well. Okay, yeah, in- interesting. Um, Soul Scar Mage, one red mana, human wizard, one two with prowess. If a source you control would deal non-combat damage to a creature an opponent controls, so like a shock, um, put that many minus one minus one counters on that creatures instead. So we got a really aggressive red card mm-hmm. that um, yeah evades a little bit uh, the green strategy of making your creatures stronger with counters um, and makes them weaker so you you can yeah. say at the, at the mid game or end game uh, late game okay i have a shock in my hand and there's a wedgeous gear hulk with 66 i can't get through that no you can because mm-hmm. you're weakening him pretty pretty much yeah, permanently yeah it's it's just it's then just a 4-4 and then you can rush in with him maybe because he has also prowess yeah so that's um, pretty decent. It's pretty good. And I hope we get a really nasty red aggressive aggro deck. That would be kind of nice to see. Yeah. Red needs it. Yeah, I also like this creature. Like, um, I think the uh, deal combat damage in the form of minus one, minus one counters aspect of infect was always really interesting. And that's basically just that. And I do like it. Yeah. So, um, next card. Yeah, um, Magma Spray. One red, instant, Magma Spray deals two damage to target creature. If that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. So, exile target Scrap Heap Scrounger, basically. Yeah, and this is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Have, yeah, it's it, it's okay. So um, it's I would say more of a sideboard card. And yeah. it limited it, it limited it strong. Yeah, limited you can easily play that. Um, yeah, I think it's quite fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the flavor text is <laughs> on point and nice. Yeah. So um, do you want to read it? Sure. Ashes can't be embalmed yep i like it yeah me too um so we have one last card and yeah it's yeah i, I really <laughs> don't jesus some of these names jesus christ uh okay i i tried hapatra oh, that, vizier of poisons well done <laughs> um legendary creature human cleric it costs two mana, a black and a green one. Two, two, whenever... Apatra. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so, whenever it deals dam- a combat damage to a player, you may put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. It's okay, but you have to get through mm-hmm. with, with her. or It's her, yeah. Um, and whenever you put one or more minus one, minus one counters on a creature, create a one, one green snake creature token with... Death touch. That this is good. Could be a really, really good synergy for a pretty decent deck. Because yeah. it, it, she doesn't have to make the counters, 
you can make them otherwise like um with holy jesus hmm? with a mana dog oh yeah you get for two mana you get a mana dog and three snakes no no, no you, you only you get on more. one well okay you get only one but it's still good yeah definitely that's amazing I I could see something working with this uh, card. Also, surprisingly enough, there are a couple of new commander synergies with her. Namely, really? with a card called Bloatfly something that kind of goes infinite in a weird way, but I haven't quite figured that out yet. But there, there is some potential here. You certainly. mean uh, Bloatfly infestation? Oh yes, I do. Yeah, it's uh, just under that card, under that card <laughs> at Mythic Spoiler. So what what does it do? Whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, if it had a minus one minus one counter on it, put a minus one minus one counter on target creature. What this means? Oh yeah, if you put a counter on the snake you made, and the snake dies, you get a snake. And you get a minus one, minus one counter to put on the snake, which then dies again, which you can repeat infinitely. So you've got infinite death trigger. So if you add like a blood artist or a Zulaport cutthroat, you kill everyone. Nice. Oh, that, that is, that's surprisingly good. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Good. Um, is that everything? Did yeah, you I miss think... something? Uh, I can't think of anything. I mean, we've still got a full week of spoilers left. Uh, let's hope the second week will be a bit more exciting. Yeah. Maybe you could uh, go at Magic Spoiler for a second and look if there's something new. Mm. Maybe? or I, I don't think so. Do they usually don't do spoilers like in the middle of the night. Is, is it in the middle of the night? Right? No, I, I mean here in the middle of the night. Like, they usually come out around uh, 5 p.m. our time. Oh, okay. And that's it for the day, really. Sadly. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's all for today. Yep. So I think we can we can easily make a cast next week if we get new spoilers. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe we could um, just skip to the um, guide for limited we have to see about that yeah maybe maybe it's that it's so interesting that we have to talk about it <laughs> so um yeah stay tuned i would say yeah uh i guess we can sort of change our uh outro thing a bit and say we'll uh see you when we see you <laughs> or like blizzard <laughs> likes to say it's done when it's done exactly yep well until then until then. Mm -hmm.